Are we really gonna record an episode right now? Wait, what episode are we on? A'udhu billahi minash shaytanir rajeem Bismillahir rahmanir rahim Assalamu alaikum. Welcome back, guys, to another episode of our podcast, Dean Thoughts, with your two favorite hosts, Adam and Mira. And today, episode 33. Wait, no. 34. 34. Episode 34. And today's topic is. How to be a true believer. The characteristics of a true believer. Characteristics of a true believer. Boys and girls, brothers and sisters. So why do we need it? Well, well, we need it to be a true believer, obviously. Uh, and inshallah, we could start to practice these and you know obtain these characteristics. Inshallah, we could work towards that. That way, we have them, um, and so we can you know so we can be a true believer and inshallah enter paradise. Um, and working on them, obviously slowly, and having the intention to be these like have these characteristics will only better us, inshallah. And we have some ayat, obviously, and some ahadith. Um, and we'll just, like, jump straight into it, right? Yeah, just the first thing that I want to mention, um, we did say from before that we would put out episodes every two weeks, and that is the plan. But sometimes, you know, Adam and I's schedule doesn't overlap all the time, even though we're literally under the same roof. But we just get so busy. So... If sometimes we don't put out episodes for two weeks, we are constantly like trying as hard as we can to get out episodes consistently. But if we do slack off in some weeks, um, we do highly recommend that you listen to old episodes. The quality in some of them is like, it's not bad, but it's just like now that we look back at it, it's like we've improved alhamdulillah, in, yeah. our, in our video quality, like our sound quality. But they are still very highly beneficial. So um, just bear with us. You know, everyone has busy lives, but we'll try to keep them as consistent as we can, inshallah, for two weeks. And we didn't forget about the giveaway. Um, we didn't get as many responses as we we wanted. We got a lot, alhamdulillah. alhamdulillah. But we picked someone, but we're still trying to figure out how to send it to them exactly because it's international. So bear with us. Um, inshallah, by next episode, we'll have all the details figured out. Inshallah. inshallah. Alrighty, let's get straight into it. Inshallah, we will be um, reciting a couple of aids from Surah Al-Munafiqoon. Al-Mu'minun. Sorry, Mu'minun. Mu'minun. Oh my God. Okay, so it's Mu'minun. I apologize. Uh, I had it open, but I don't know why. I just like messed up. A'udhu billahi minash shaytanir rajeem. Bismillahir rahmanir rahim. Qad aflaha al-mu'minun. Al-ladheena hum fi salatihim khashi'oon. Wal-ladheena hum anillaghwi mu'ridoon. Wal-ladheena hum lizzakati fa'iloon. Wal-ladheena hum nifurujihim hafidoon. Illa ala azwajihim aw ma malakat aymanuhum. Fa'innahum ghayru malumeen. Faman ibtaha waraa adhalika fa'ulaika. هم العادون والذين هم لأماناتهم وعهدهم راعون والذين هم على صلاتهم يحافظون أولئك هم الوارثون الذين يريثون الفردوس هم فيها خالدون Okay, so we, those are like 11, uh, the first 11 ayat um, and it's just talking about like we said, like the characteristics, like what you need to embody as a believer. So the first one is certainly we certainly will the believers have succeeded. So first, right off the bat, this is important because in our lives, you know, we don't realize that embodying these characteristics, being a believer, 
the one who worships Allah and the one who constantly is seeking Allah's approval and constantly is trying to better himself for the sake of Allah, this is what will truly give you success, not working for the dunya, right? Because Allah is the one that gives you, grants you your success. So if you're doing everything you can for Allah's sake, he will surely give you success. That's why it says, called أَفْلَحَ الْمُؤْمِنُونَ the, the, the believers have succeeded. These are the people that succeeded. So if you're trying to succeed, one of the easiest ways, get closer to Allah. Make dua. This is the way that you will succeed, inshallah. Also, um, it's pretty evident, but Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala here is talking about like, قَدْ أَفْلَحَ الْمُؤْمِنُونَ In the sense that, who will truly be the ones who are successful, the ones who have attained what it is to be successful? It's the believers. Yeah. Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the religion of Islam does not measure success by you, the amount of money that you have, by the amount of degree and the amount of status that you have in this world. Because like everything in this world is going to disappear but it's what remains with you like they say that you go to your grave with three things but only one thing's last your family your money and your deeds two of them leave and one stays your deeds are the only one that stay but your family and your mouth is what goes back so the true definition of success is not your your state in this world it's your stay on the hereafter and that's what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala describes and he tells us how can you be this mu'min who is successful it's based on following these attributes that he's going to mention Right, so it's more about working towards the success of the akhirah. Because what did Allah Subhanahu wa Taala say? وَمَا خَلَقْتُ الْجِنَّ وَالْإِنسَ إِلَّا لِيَعْبُدُونَ. So, like, if this whole reason that Allah Subhanahu wa Taala created you was to worship Him, then what is the true measure of success? It's how far have right. you strived in His worship? And and an example of that though is like the fact that we look at celebrities, those who are all successful with uh, with richness, and they have like so many cars and Bugattis and huge mansions all over the world. But many of them aren't happy, and some of them even, you know, they tell you like they're depressed and all Mabas, that. They're depressed. Some... Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says on the day of judgment that, um, like, like, what is the verse? I don't know what it is. Maybe we can find it. But it's like on that day, the disbelievers will they'll bite their hands asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to bring them back. Because right. when they see the reality of this day, they realize that their whole life was filled with with like loss of guidance they had no guidance in this world you know so it's like you're doubling up you're getting the success in this world and in the next by following the deen inshallah because the success from this world will only come based on your success to allah there's a hadith where allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he says whoever the most important thing for him like his goal was to attain this dunya allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will take away will make the dunya run away from him and he will lose Allah in the process. Yani not only did you lose the dunya, which you were working for, you also lost Allah. And that is right. out of the mercy of Allah to remind you that the reason that you were created was to worship him. Mm -hmm. But then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, whoever the, the main focus of their life was to attain Allah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will make the dunya come to them while the dunya is like being dragged. Like ghasman anna. Like that's, like that's how you know that success is based on your connection to Allah. The more that you do for Allah, the more successful and content you will be with what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given right. you. Okay, and then the next ayah says, uh, they who are doing during their prayer are humbly intent, right? So those who are always um, on their salah, number one. And number two, during their salah, they are focused. Khashiyaran is like focused. You know, you're focused and you feel this um, kind of like connection with Rabbil Alameen while you're uh, doing your prayer. This one is a hard one because a lot of us, we do our prayer and we, we're not really focused during it. You know, we're thinking about, oh, what am I going to do tonight? Go to the gym, what am I going to eat, whatever. 
right? But we don't realize that we should focus on Rabbil Amin. And there's actually a shaitan that comes to you during your salah to distract you in this way. He only comes during only, salah. Only salah. So the easiest way, you know, you say, A'udhu Billahi Minash Shaitan Rajeem. And then you start your salah and you try to focus as much as possible at, at the words you're saying on the Fatiha, on the small surah, all that. Um, and it's important to have this connection and focus. You know, you can actually say A'udhu Billahi Minash Shaitan Rajeem in any position. Like, even if you're in sujood or like wherever it comes, it doesn't have to be just like in the beginning. Right. And also, um, just a tip for people, we have to do an episode on salah. We actually haven't done it yet. But for people who want a way to focus on their salah, I'll give you just one tip. When we say between every single movement, we say Allahu Akbar, that doesn't mean that Allah is greater. It means that Allah is the greatest. That means anything that you're thinking about, the exam that you have coming, the food that you want to eat, the, the toaster that you left on, when you say Allahu Akbar, that means Allah is greater than all of that. So it's like, it helps to keep you focused and it, it's kind of like it brings you back. You got lost, Allahu Akbar. Actually, I heard it the opposite. I heard it's not Allah is greatest, it's Allah is greater because greater like makes it open to everything. He's greater than everything. So like every single thing that you will compare, Allah is greater, Allah is greater, Allah is greater. That's is it that or is it the greatest? Greater. Greater. Allah is greater than everything. Like oh, he maybe. is the great. It's the same. Like it's, it's the same technically concept. saying the same concept, yeah. but greater is like, is like you, when you think about it. Like, he's greater than greater, that. Okay, greater that actually that, that makes yeah. sense. I probably said it wrong. So Allah is greater. So like the exam that you think about when you say Allahu Akbar, it's like no, Allahu Akbar min this. Like Allah is greater than yeah. this exam that I'm thinking about. Yeah. Okay. Uh, a number three, and they who turn away from ill speech, and this goes many ways. Right, another characteristic of a believer, the one who you know he doesn't backbite, the one who doesn't say the foul language, the one who um always like he's putting up his uh his brothers instead of putting them down and their sisters obviously, so it goes um this is a really important one because it's hard to control your tongue and it's could be one of the things that takes you to Jannah or the one of the things that takes you to Jannah right you could say all the nice words to your friends put them up. And you could say so much of the kid on your tongue and all that. Or you could backbite. You could say foul language. You could put people down. You could, And what does this all lead to? Well, on the Day of Judgment, you're going to be asked about every single word you say. And we've said this before. Every single word you said and every single thing you said about someone and what you said to them. And on the Day of Judgment, Allah will bring that person. And if they were hurt, and most likely people will be hurt from what you said about them and all that. So this is why it's important that we watch our tongues, we hold our tongues, and we make sure we don't say, um, you know, the bad stuff. Because a lot of times, we may not even realize it, right? But it's something we need to be more uh, conscious of. Um, the companions of the Prophet Muhammad they never used to say anything unless they had an excuse before Allah for what they said. So that's like the concept. And backbiting and gossiping is a deed that we do so lightly and it has become so spread in our communities like it's a fitna but we don't realize that it's actually from one of the kabair it's a big it's a very big deal and it's a, one of the major sins so it's like it's so important and you just listening to backbiting and gossiping in and of itself is you get the same punishment as if you were doing it and this reminds me of a hadith um, where the prophet muhammad sallam he says that um a true believer a muslim is the one who other people are safe from their tongue and their hand. So what does that mean? They're, that other people are not scared of 
your tongue, what are you going to say about them? How are you going to talk about them? And your hand, as in like, how you might physically harm them, what you might steal from them, all of that stuff. This is a characteristic of a true believer. And in another hadith, the Prophet Muhammad he says that if you guarantee me two things, I will guarantee you paradise. And he says that is what the what is in between your two jaws and what is in between your two thighs. As in when you control your tongue and when you control your private parts, those are the two things that enter the people into the fire the most. And we don't realize, but literally one word can enter you into Jannah and one word can enter you into Jannah. That's how weighty your words are. The minute you say, Ashhadu an la ilaha illallah, the minute you die on la ilaha illallah, you enter to paradise, to hadith. Like if you die on the state of la ilaha illallah, you enter to Jannah. But then you die with, for example, a, a word of kifr, a word of shirk. You know, like what's a very good practice, a common, not good, a common practice is people swear upon other things than Allah. Like, oh yeah, that's really bad. Swear by your mom, swear by your your life. That's, very bad. Sure. that's haram. Realize, yeah. And that's actually kufr. Like you can't even as a joke, you know. We can't to. swear yeah. by anything but Allah. So like just that one kalima can leave you from the state of Islam, but that one kalima can bring you back. So we need to give more weight to our words. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us that to be a believer, Walladinahum, what is it? Allah what is it? Yeah. So they're away from ill speech. So give more attention to what it is that you're saying. Okay, now AA number four. Uh, and they who are observant of zakah. So the ones who pay pay their money, right? Uh, 2.5%. 2.5, right? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, so... And this also goes for, like, the charity. You want to give the charity. You want to... Um, and what we don't... Like, it's important to give money to the poor and to, like, the meshed and all that. Because this money is, like... Not only will it purify all your money number one but number two you can get so much rewards from for example donating donating to a masjid and then that masjid um like every time someone prays in it you get hasanat every time there's um any classes in it, all like imagine how much rewards you're getting just because you donated to a masjid so that's also really important too i heard that the muslim like communities all over the world are like the biggest when it comes to donations because yeah. when you donate any money even like we can like expand this area for us. A lot of us probably don't work, don't have money to pay zakat, right. or maybe even money to pay charity. Your time is also charity. Mm-hmm. Like you helping out, you making no, but like a even like a dollar that that a dollar. Helps. Yeah, that's true. But I'm saying if someone literally has like no money, like oh they don't have anything, at least like your time, you know, like helping out people, right? Volunteering. Like volunteering at your local masjid, or All like that, yeah. even with non-Muslims, you're helping the image of Islam. Like your time is also money. It's valuable. Right. But yeah. No, because I always see like those ads on YouTube. It's like a dollar a day. Oh, he the goes into like, uh, yeah. did you see those latest video on the Dean Center? Assalamu alaikum. My name's Eddie. He Eddie. always like, he walks into like TJ Maxx or yeah, something he's and like, he's like, $20. $20. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And he's like, you would pay $50 for a pair of shoes. Why not donate to, <laughs> donate to your local masjid? Yeah, I mean, honestly, it wouldn't hurt. Like that guy's doing like yeah. some good stuff. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, like if you're someone who has $100 and you donate 20 of it, um, your $20 in the sight of Allah is more worth than, for exactly. example, someone who has $100 million, but they only donate a small amount of it. Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala takes into consideration what you have. So like, even if, let's say, you only have like $200 and you donate it all, just imagine what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is going to reward you for it. Because like, Allah, Allah knows. Sees it. Allah is the one that gave you what you have. So He's not going to expect more because He knows your situation. Oh my God, there's another A in the Quran. It just hit me. But there's an A in the Quran, I don't know what it is exactly, I'll try to find it, where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that um, you'll never truly attain faith until you spend from what you love. Mm. Let me find it. 
But yeah, continue. Okay, we'll, con- we'll continue. Number five. And they who guard their private parts. So this is a really important one, especially in our day and age, right? There is so much fitna, um, so much facade, all this like bad stuff of um, girls and and men and like whatever doing you know like showing too much and yeah. uh, you go around and like on the streets and stuff for a lot let's just say the halal has or the haram has become halal and the halal yeah. has become haram if well, you like, like the the halal like in the, the eyes haram, of people right, in the eyes haram of people. has outweighed it which yeah. is so bad so you you can easily with one tap of the finger find something really bad on the internet right and this is for all the brothers and sisters you know like you're going to struggle with it obviously but it's really important to stay strong on the faith and on the deen. And, and Allah doesn't Allah doesn't like not see your struggle and your exactly. juhud. Like when you do something and there's a general concept um in Islam. Like you know how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he says he tells the men to lower their gaze and he tells the women to guard their chastity. The Islam goes to get rid of a problem before it even happens. It doesn't wait till the problem happens and then provides right. a solution. That is the solution to the problem before it even happens. Because when a woman is guarded, there's nothing for the man to look at. And the man should never, should in general not be looking. But if he were to look, there's nothing really to look at. And it's not because we oppress women. It's not because we think women are, you know, they're the problem. No, the society is problem. There's problem in men and there's problem in women. But it's out of the beauty that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala told the woman. And I've ranted on this. And this is a subject that touches very close to home. But there's whole other episodes that we've done on this. um, Like Jewels of Islam and the Queens of Islam. So take a look at that. But... This is a whole topic. Our generation right now, especially in this mid-time, we have to, as much as you can, to stay away from free mixing, to honor the other gender. For girls, don't laugh, don't like, you know, lead people on, don't, because what is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he mentions in the, in the A of the Quran, in Surah, I think it's Surah Nur or Surah Nisa, where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he talks about the punishment of zina. He starts with the women before the men. You know why? The, the scholars, they mention it's because the woman who's the one who essentially initiates it. Because if a man comes to you and he's trying to hit on you and you don't, you don't like, you don't like respond to him, he's going to move away. And if he goes to the next girl and she doesn't respond and he goes to the next, خلص. the women play a really big role, as do the men as well. But I'm saying it's a double-edged sword that we both have a responsibility that essentially what we're doing affects the whole Muslim as well. Right. So... It's it's hard, you know, there's like many situations, especially, you know, for the men, like to lower your gaze. It's so hard. It's really I'm hard. Jed, like, and like when, you know, when you see something, you just, you always want to remember Allah's watching. You don't want to forget that, you know, always keep. And that's why it's important to keep uh, the kid on your tongue, because you're not going to look at someone when you're saying like, astaghfirullah, or alhamdulillah, or la ilaha illallah. You're not going to like, oh, I'm saying this, but hold on, let me go look at a girl. Astaghfirullah, right? So, and and also, if you're in like a really bad state, you know, where it's really hard and like you're doing it or something like that, then it's important for you to, you know, like take baby steps and try to work your way. You know, like put restrictions, put restrictions on yourself, delete all like social media, ask Allah beginning. for help and all that. So, but it's, it's really important for you to work your way there because you can't just be like, oh, it's impossible. Like, look, all this fitna. No, because fast, at, at the time fast. of the Rasul, there was even fitna. There was, it's not like there wasn't fitna. They had other problems, you know, it's not like, like, this is one of our problems in our day and age, but they had other problems back then. And that they had problems that they had to go through. They didn't have many messages back then. Everyone was against them as Muslimin. So 
That's why they also we, had the problem of fitna. Maybe right. it wasn't as much now, but like it was still a problem. So we 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 see the situation, you know, and and we're the situation we're in. But that doesn't mean we give up because, like we There's know, um, Allah says, "La yukallifullahu la wasan Right. So there is no um, Allah doesn't burden a soul with which it cannot bear. So you can handle it, you know, and and we can fight it, inshallah. And uh, we're going to get to this, but one of the people on the Day of Judgment is the one who's like, someone calls them to zina and they say no. And that's a big thing. Like if someone's calling you to like a haram relationship or like anything and you don't use, you stay away from it. That's very big in the sight of Allah. Allah puts you on his shade on the Day of Judgment where there's no shade but his shade. And um, I was going to say, I'm pretty sure like someone came and asked the Prophet Muhammad for advice because they wanted to get married, but they didn't have the financial means. And he told them to fast. So we know that if you're not able to get married, which is another way to protect yourself from this, it's to fast regularly. And the best fasting is the fasting of Dawood, which is day on and day off, which I don't think most of us are able to do. But at least fasting Monday and Thursday or like as much as you can, it helps. It does make a difference. Mm-hmm. Alrighty. Number six, expect from their wives or those their right hand oh, possesses. Like for further need. explaining that. They will not be blamed. Yeah. Okay, we'll go on. Number seven, but whoever seeks beyond that, then those are the That's transgressors. That, yeah. Number eight, and they who are to their trust and their promises attentive. So this just means you hold your promises, you hold your trust. Um, and it, but it goes beyond that because like, what you need to be like a truthful person really. So and that's like really important being truthful. And actually, the other day we were listening. Um, we were in the meshed, and the sheikh was like saying like one of the hadith. Which was saying like, someone was asking the Rasulullah like, can you be stingy? And he said, yeah, like a a believer can be stingy. And he said, can a believer be um, what was it? What was the other one? Do you know? I don't remember. I forgot. One of them was stingy. The other one was. Anyways, and then he asked him, can you be a liar? And he said, no, you cannot. The believer. A believer cannot be a liar. So you can, and it's because a lot of people they do like small lies. You know, they lie here and there. And when you get caught up in a lie, what do you do? You keep lying. You keep lying. It's a snowball. But it's really important. Like, people don't realize that lying is, is actually a big deal in Islam. You shouldn't be lying. Lying is is something you should put a fine line like, no, I will not lie. Honest in all cases. Obviously, there are, there's only like three cases where you can lie. But they're like really, really like specific. I don't think any of us currently. And not, yeah, you're not really going to be in the situation. Um, and one of them is literally for war when we're not in war right now. Isn't it like war or like if your wife or if your, your wife husband, cooks and like you to compliment to them. compliment them to lie. And then in like the third one is if you want to bring two people together because they're fighting, oh, yeah. you can lie to well, them. Well, that one some of us might be in. Yeah, that one. Okay. Other than that, no lying. You cannot tell your teacher I did my homework but didn't do it or something, or tell yeah. your mom I did the dishes but you didn't. Don't lie. Be honest. It's only going to get you better. Even when it seems like lying will get you out of things, it will not. It'll just snowball. It'll, It'll get snowball. worse and worse, and the lie just keeps getting bigger and bigger. Okay, number nine. Uh, and those who will carefully maintain their prayers. This one is important because, um, alhamdulillah, like, inshallah, a lot of us are on our salahs. Some of us may be missing a couple here and there. Some of us may not be praying them at all. So we want to stick to our prayers because... Number one, your prayers are is like the most important thing in in your life. You know, Allah created you for you to worship Him, and these five prayers are the 
the actions that are most beloved to Allah because these are the ones that are obligatory. These are the ones that He wants you to do. And um, for you to do the prayers, it not only will give you benefit in this world, you know, to relieve anxiety, you know, because you're going to feel connection with Allah, but also obviously in the uh, for the Day of Judgment, you know, to get all these good rewards. But for maintaining the prayers, um, to give like a little tip, some of us, like like I said, some people, like, they may have trouble, like, praying all their prayers. And what I would recommend, like, let's say you're not praying any prayers at all right now, you work your way up. Like, first pray the first one, then the second one, then th then all three, then four, then all five. And then once you finish, once you've, like, maintained all five prayers, and you, you're getting them every day, inshallah, then you start the sinna prayers, like sinna al-fajr and all that. Um, the nawafil, right? The, the non-obligatory ones. But it's really important that we get on the obligatory prayers because there's even an opinion that says if you're not on your prayers, you are not Muslim. That that could take you off Islam because that is what defines you as a Muslim, being on your prayer. And another thing I wanted to bring up... I think it's it, the strongest opinion. Yeah, I think it is. And another thing I want to bring up is the adhan. The adhan, when we call for salah, what does it say? Haya salah, come to prayer. Haya al-falah, come, uh, come to success, right? So the prayer is what really gives you your success. Right now, if you're having troubles in your life, the prayer is what will give you success. Any situation you're in, the prayer is what will give you success. Coming to the prayer, being attentive in the prayer, um, f like actually focusing and doing it to the best of your ability, that will, inshallah, get you to success and only happiness in this um, world and not anything bad at all. I just want to mention to, first of all, realize how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentioned this characteristic twice. He mentioned it in the beginning when we said um, that we talked about salah. The first verse was about salah. And here when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is wrapping it up, he's mentioning salah again. So it just shows you the great importance that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentioned it twice. That's how much emphasis that he puts on it. And Adam mentioned the hayya ala salah. What are we supposed to repeat after that Mu'adhan says Hayya ala salah? We're supposed to say La hawla wa la quwwata illa billah. So if you are someone who struggles with their, with their salah, if you're someone who doesn't pray the salahs, all of them, essentially, or if you're someone who does, realize that your connection to Allah and your ability to do the good deeds is only based on how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala giving you the tawfiq and the guidance and the ability to do that. So that's why we say la hawla wa la quwwata illa billah which means that there's no turn of condition. Yani there's no changing from good to evil, from um, distress to stress-free except with the strength and the ultimate power of Allah. So if you're someone who's struggling with salah, the first thing that you do is you set the intention you ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to help you and you do the actions necessary for you to be able to do it. Like if you know something commonly distracts you, you get rid of it. If you know that you need someone to remind you, whatever it is that you need. But for us to leave off our salah, that is what takes away our our iman. That's what strips us away from our title of being Muslim. Because the person that came to the Prophet Muhammad he told him that the characteristic that defines us from every other religion is the salah. And it is the most important. And like Adam said, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala connects it with the fact that it is success. So essentially, it is hard. But when we, trust me, when you get to taste the sweetness of salah, nothing else in this world will compare. Because it, this this whole world, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala could have easily made your salah 
one time, like all five in the beginning of the day or all five in the end of the day. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala specifically spaced them out five times a day at specific times to remind you every single time in your day when you start to get distant, Allah brings you back. And you get distant and Allah brings you back and you just get far and away. And Allah wants to remind you five times throughout the day that He's there. That he wants to listen to you. That he loves you more than everyone in this whole entire world. And even if you made mistakes, he's the one who can forgive you. He's the only one who can change your state. And he wants to hear your voice. So don't let Salah, don't let Shaitan get to you and make Salah seem like it's a burden. Like it's something that it's it's so hard and it's so annoying for you to do. Because قَدْ أَفْلَحَ الْمُؤْمِنُونَ الَّذِينَ هُمْ عَلَى صَلَاتِهِمْ يُحَافِظُونَ Or خَاشِعُونَ That those are the characteristics of the true believers. The ones that are consistent upon their Salah. Okay, and then number 10 and 11, those are the inheritors, those who will inherit Al-Firdaus, they will abide therein eternally. Um, so, inshallah, by having obtaining all these characteristics that we just named, right, to go through them really quickly, should we? Um, yeah, number right. one, they are on their prayers. Number two, they are away from ill speech. Number three, they uh, pay their zakah and I found the, the a, charity. It? It's, okay, go ahead. Finish You're too excited. Sorry, sorry, I am finished. Okay, go ahead. And then number four, those who guard their private parts, lowering the gaze and all that. Uh, number five, uh, those who are trustworthy, you know, who have who are in their trust and they don't lie and all that. And number six, again with the prayer, having all these, inshallah, you will enter Al Firdaus, and inshallah, um. You will abide there eternally. So eternally is, you know, to think about that, just process that. Um, one time my friend told me, he was like, he was like, yeah, like I was thinking about it. And like, everyone's like, yeah, I just want to get to Jannah at least, you know, like Firdaus and all that. But then he was like, you're going to be there eternally, eternally. So imagine you're going to be there eternally and you're not in the highest rank of it. Like you're going to regret not being put in the highest rank for eternity. I was like, wow, like I never really thought about it that way. Like, think about it seriously, eternity, you want to be in the highest rank you can. You don't want to be like abiding in something low for eternity, right? So that's important to like think that. about that, you know, and try to... Aslan, it's like the Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he told us when you ask Allah for Jannah, you ask him for the highest ranks. Exactly. Because even if you your deeds don't let you attain that status, out of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's rahmah, he can give it to you. So it's like always ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for the best. Don't ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for something that's low. You know, you never yeah. know what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has in store for you. But here, this is the A. It's from Surah Ali Imran, verse 92. Do you want to read it? Um, sure. Which one this one? So it says that you will never truly attain bir, like true faith until you spend from that which you, lo- which you love. Because we generally all love our money. We don't like to give it away. Um, and never will you spend with, for something except that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows of it. So that's just what we were talking about because we wanted to mention it. Right. But, um, but there's just two more hadiths that we want to mention. The first one um, Adam was mentioned that he, want, he wanted to mention was... Uh, that the Prophet Muhammad he said that you'll never be a true believer until you love for your brother what you love for yourself. Right. So that kind of goes with like having good manners, you know, like not hating on people. Like if someone has something that you want, to don't make be du'a, jealous. Yeah, to make dua to increase them in it, um, instead of like asking Allah Subhanahu wa Taala to take them away from it because 
you'll never truly be a believer until you love for everyone what you love for yourself as well. And that's kind of scary because yeah. a lot of us now we're like jealous of like, oh, like our friend has this and our friend has that. Like, I wish I had this. But like, we don't see what we have, like the blessings we have that others don't have. So number one, look at what you have. Say, Alhamdulillah, I have this. Even if it's something bad, Alhamdulillah, this is what's best for me. And Alhamdulillah, this is what's best for my friend. And I'm happy for my friend uh, for having this. And may Allah grant him more and, and all that. So we can be true believers. Afikra, whenever you're jealous of someone, make du'a for them. Make du'a for them, Because, yeah. like, it just prevents you from giving them ayin, which is haram. And, like, it just, it takes away that feeling of jealousy from your heart. And inshallah, Allah will make you more happy with Amen. it. yeah. And then the next one is the seven under the, the, the seven shade groups of, of people who will be under the shade of Allah. Um, we already mentioned one, but Adam, you want to mention them? Right. Um, number one is a just ruler. Um, so that, like... We kind of talked about, like, being justice, like, not, like, lying. I mean, but realistically, like, in our situations, there are many times where you might be, like, leading, like, some kind of group, you know, in school, for example, like, you're leading a club or anything like this, where you have any any amount of power, right? You want to be just. This is, like, kind of... hundred percent. This isn't just, like, a ruler of, like, a country. You don't want to just be really... yeah. Yeah. Number two, a youth who grows up in the worship of Allah. So many of us, many of our listeners are probably young people. I youth. think that I heard uh, youth is up until 40. Up until 40, wow. Yes, yeah, so our parents can fit into that. Well, some of our parents. Okay, so, and that's really important. So as long as you were coming up in the worship of Allah, inshallah, putting the effort, inshallah, may Allah make us of those who are under one, uh, or who is under the um, shade of Allah, inshallah. There's, I'm so sorry, I keep interrupting you. No, go ahead. But there's a hadith, um, it says, At-tab or al Shab at-tab, ahabun ilallah. Like the 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 kid, the shab means like the young, the young, young the, youth, the youth, kid. youngster, yeah. who is constantly in repentance is the most beloved to Allah. Right. Because it's like that's at the time where there's most fitna, where you fall into the most haram. But if yeah. you're someone who's constantly repenting, you realize your mistakes, but you also realize the great mercy of Allah as well. This one's really doable, guys. The just grow youth who grows up, up in the worship. A lot yeah. of these are actually doable. I'm looking them over. We can. F- a lot of us can fit into like more half than of one. these. Yeah, we can do more than one, inshallah. So and number three. Go. Oh, you want to say something? I was gonna say your position on the day of judgment will say a lot to where you are. Like you're right. not gonna be under the shade of Allah and then inshallah go to Jahannam. That's Definitely. not how it works, you know. Right. Number three, a man whose heart is attached to the mosques, right? For those men or women, men or women, obviously, but especially the men because the men are more obliged to go to the masjid. So, going to the masjid is is something that you'll never regret. You know, when I like go to the masjid, alhamdulillah, like I realize it only brings me happiness, never sadness, and it only like you find people there that will um that will be like a good group of friends that will like make you happy and like. There are so there's so many benefits to going to the masjid. That I promise you, you will never regret it. So number one, going for Aisha, and number two, if you can for Fajid, those two are the best ones because we also know that um that is what separates you from being a munafiq is going uh, a hypocrite, a hypocrite, right? Uh, praying Fajid and Aisha. So put the effort. Try, especially if you drive. You should. There should be nothing stopping you really of going. And if you can't, ask your parents. Like. Let's go to the masjid at least once every while and then try to make it more frequent. Try at least on the weekends because yeah. I feel like a lot of people are usually more Definitely. Free. Number four, two people who love one another for the sake of Allah. This is extremely doable. Just loving your friend for the sake of Allah, you know, like you just get the shade of Allah for that. Like, Let's do it right now. We we genuinely, me and Adam, right. genuinely love you guys all for the sake, for the of, sake Allah. of Allah. Yeah. So we hope that you guys all love us for the sake Definitely, of Allah. Inshallah, inshallah. we'll be among the people under the shade of Allah. I mean. 
Number five, someone who resists a direct temptation from the opposite gender. Which we mentioned kind of from before. Right. Completely doable as well. Many times you're going to have the opposite gender coming up to you and asking you for your snack or whatever, you know? So resisting this temptation of like, oh, let's go on a date. Oh, let me take you to homecoming. Oh, whatever. All this like haram, like there's so much, especially That's right normal. now and like in schools, like so many colleges and high schools, like people mixing and like trying to, you know, get to know you better. Oh yeah, let's talk. But resisting that and it's really hard. And I know it's really hard, especially when you're put into that situation. But you want to do forward thinking. Make dua in advance if you're not in that situation right now. And if you are, realize what you're in and never justify. And this is one thing. Never justify what you've done. Like your sins. Right. Never justify your sins. Yeah. Yeah. Never justify them. And it's actually so true. If you are talking to a girl or if you are doing something haram with the opposite gender, don't justify. Don't be like yeah but it's so hard yeah but this isn't no be like yeah i'm doing something haram like what am i doing i need to work on this i need to stop doing what i'm doing don't justify it because um inshallah resisting it will only bring you benefit and not harm but leaning into it and you know talking to the opposite gender and doing all this haram stuff it's only going to lead you to um struggles in this life and like you know problems headaches and headaches, and problems, headaches. Yeah. you're not gonna also it's not gonna help the prophet muhammad he mm-hmm. says that never are like a man and a woman alone except that the third of them is shaitan yeah. like you're never truly alone like shaitan will get you and not from the first time he's gonna tell you oh touch her he's gonna tell you oh just talk to her Look over her. snapchat mm-hmm. which by the way is also not allowed unless there's like a, a reason like you're in a you're in like a group for school and like you really have to text them about a project okay it's not just like you're normally texting guys or girls on your phone. That's that's khula. That's not allowed yeah. for just you know just for fun. But it's a very big temptation. But it's jihad, and Definitely. the most honorable thing in Islam is jihad. And like like you were saying, the struggle that the companions had to go through, the point that they would fight in so many battles to allow us to give us our Islam on a silver platter, and we're throwing it away by losing our Muslim identity by not sallying, by talking to the opposite gender. Wallah, like. Just imagine if the Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu was on this earth. Like, how much, like, yeah, be you so would be, yeah, in our ummah. Like, it's just not worth it, guys. We're throwing away our Islam that they worked so hard for. But yeah. it's given to us on a silver platter. Yeah. That's a whole other episode, inshallah. Inshallah. Number six, a person who is completely selfless in charity. We also talked about this, giving as much as you can. And like we said, charity doesn't just mean the money, but your time, volunteering, all that. Try as much as possible to even give like a dollar or two, you know, so. There's usually an extension where it says like to the point where the right hand doesn't know what the oh, left right. hand gives. Yeah. So you just give without even thinking, you know. Mm-hmm. Number seven, a person who remembers Allah in private and sheds tears in doing so. This is extremely doable, guys. You know, praying qiyam, lal, nobody's around. And to be honest, those are the most enjoyable prayers. The prayers where nobody is around. You, you can't even have the intention to do it for anyone but Allah because no one's watching you except Allah. So, you know, you, you're like at night, you turn off all lights, you know, it's just you make sujood, you make salah two rakatan just between you and Allah. And this will, I promise you, and I've talked to so many people who like my friends who be like, yeah, like when I was waking up for um tahajjud, which is like you wake up in the middle of the night to pray, I was like it gave me so much benefit like i was happier and all that but i feel like worse when i don't do it 
Like, seriously. So, it will give you benefit in this world, and you get so many rewards for it, for the Akhirah, including being under the shade of Allah, inshallah. So, imagine how many benefits there is, guys, just to doing this. And even, make it like, once a month thing. Oh, once a month, I'm gonna wake up and pray to Hajjad. And then, slowly do it like once a week, then, you know, once every couple days. And I promise you, there will be nothing but benefits from there on out. And ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make it easier for you. Definitely. And also, um, I heard that like when a Muslim sheds a tear, like when you cry, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala doesn't tell the angels, he tells the angels not to write it down. Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants to reward you for the weight of your tears. Like how heavy are your tears, how precious are your tears in the sight of Allah? It's like, it's crazy. SubhanAllah. So it's, it's never it's never a bad thing to shed a tear to tell your problems to Allah to turn to Allah before you turn to the people and to just develop this relationship where it's just complete tawakkur that when you're afflicted with a problem the first person that you tell is Allah instead of turning to the people because he's essentially the only one who will help solve your problem and essentially the only one who's going to help you feel comfort from that problem as well and not only that but once it comes to people giving you issues in this life um, you will realize like it won't have so much weight and effect on you because you really only care about Allah and you know and so and what He thinks about you and all that and Allah will only treat you with the best. 100%. So that's why, you know, having that relationship will only make you happier. Inshallah. Is there anything else you want to add? I'm good. That's it for this guy's this week's this guy this week's episode. I'll do the outro. Um. We actually made an Instagram, so if anyone right. is on Instagram, you guys should follow us. We probably won't be that active on there, but some of you guys wanted an Instagram to get in touch with us, so All you guys right. don't have to email us. But we would love to hear from you guys ideas, um, recommendations. You gotta say the Instagram. Oh, it's just Dean Thoughts. <laughs> it's just, we'll, we'll definitely link everything. Yeah, uh, um, our email as well, so yeah. make sure. We love to hear from you guys, and we love hearing from you guys. Like, yeah. like whenever I send what you guys send, like when you guys send this email, sometimes I send them to Adam. He's like, are you making these up? I'm like, no, I'm not. Like, <laughs> why would I make these up? We've had a couple, like, they're actually really... It's like, very we, heartwarming. We appreciate them so yeah, much. Yeah, to hear from you guys, and alhamdulillah, like, we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to keep giving us the tawfiyah and I mean, to allow us to keep being a source of guidance for you guys as well. Um, and like we said, we say this every single time, but wallahi, we're like a Dean Thoughts family. We're yeah. not just me and Adam. Like it's from your tel- from the tawfiyah of Allah, of course, first, but also from your following um, that like helps us keep motivated. Definitely. And we'll try to put out an episode every in two weeks. Two weeks but if life gets to us, then bear with us. But that's it. Is there anything else? Nope. Thank you guys for listening. If you made it to the end, thank you guys so much. Make sure to share it to anyone who you think will benefit, inshallah. And we'll see you guys next time. Assalamu alaikum.